Hello guys and welcome to the sweet spot on a farm episode 20. Today we are not on a farm and we are not even in Northern Ireland. Uh, today I'm in Morocco, in Marrakesh. And I'm talking to a Polish lady called Monica. And she is the boss lady of a health food store and a cafe called ISO in the center of Marrakesh. Hi Monica. Hi, how are you? So there is a connection to Ireland, however. Um, Whilst Monica's from Poland and she lives in Morocco, her daughter was born in Ireland. How did you end up in Ireland? Well, uh, short uh, short story. Uh, uh, I I wanted to give birth in the place where I'm away from everyone to find a real motherhood by myself, and Ireland was the perfect place to do it. And so I end up in Cork, <laughs> <laughs> and and it was like a six months adventure. I, I love it. So my my daughter is Irish. Oh wow, that's amazing. <laughs> it's funny. And now you live in Morocco, which is very different from Ireland, not just weather-wise. Uh, how did that happen? Well, my husband is French-Moroccan, born just to next to our place where we are right now. And I think the truth, I always wanted to live in Africa. I haven't got a clue what's the African life, but uh, I pushed my husband to go back to Morocco and start doing our life. Even at the beginning, like 15 years ago, we had no clue what we want to do here. And uh, we end up on the farm, his farm, his parents' farm, and we started to get involved with the uh, vegetables and growing our own food and the, the kids grow up on the farm and we saw so many advantages of this. And our friends, they started to use all our vegetables because we produced a lot. Finally, we became completely autonomous. And the idea came that we started to share all those things. So we needed a place in the center of Marrakesh to share our experiences and our vegetables. And after that, the products that we started to bring to Morocco. So that's how ISO was born then? That's how ISO was born. So it's many years also of uh, searching, uh, going with our beliefs. Uh, we were completely lost here in Morocco, meaning we didn't have a proper food. And for us, it was the basic need for our kids. Uh, and we saw, yes, the Moroccan culture and the food, it's amazing. But Moroccans get way too far with the modern food. And we searched for products. We had our own vegetables, but still there was not enough for, for us to have some other bio-natural products. And that's, that's how Ayazo was really born, with the need that, 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 that to fulfill what, what we need to put on the plate. But there are certainly some difficulties. First of all, you grow organic. Well, the farms, the Morocco is a very agricultural country. But unfortunately, I think the Europe uh, is testing on Moroccans' products, uh, cheap products, uh, industrial products. So the they, uh, Moroccan farmers, because they are also poor, they use the chemicals to protect their, their, uh, their vegetables. And that's the biggest mistakes they did. But right now there is a, a wake. Uh, I think the, the Morocco is going green, well, slowly. 
still there is a cheating, there is a missing information on really what's going on and how it should be done. But they are uh, associations, they are cooperation that are helping to go really green and natural and not only bio-organic with the certificate organic because it... Uh, there is really none legally, there is none organic certification in Morocco. But we believe more in permaculture. And uh, so the, the field, the earth is still living, we are exchanging. So all the, 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 the typical uh, permaculture uh, system, this is really well growing here in Morocco. And especially in Marrakech, that is like the most green part of, of, of the south of Morocco, I would say. So you sell organic vegetables, you cook amazing food in your cafe from your organic vegetables. I can't praise it highly enough. Your food is just out of this world. And you sell a lot of health food products. Now, that's not that common in Morocco. How difficult is it to get imported the goods that you sell into Morocco? Well, we use a distributor to... To, to get all those products. So we are sometimes very limited. I would like to have much more products, but we have to go through the custom. After that, the prices are expensive and we don't want to have that. We don't want to give to our clients luxury products. We want to have them in the normal prices because in Europe it's getting cheaper and cheaper. And in Morocco, they want to higher and higher the bio products because it, it's a fashion also. Mm. So we are trying to find the best deals possible. And the most important we want to find Moroccans that will do Moroccan organic products. That's the, that's the deal. And slowly we are getting there. I think we have 30 products, 30% of products in our shop that came from Morocco and they are clean, pure. Uh, and now we are teaching not to use so many packaging because in Morocco it's still, you know, plastic, it's, it's forbidden, but they want to use a lot of plastics. But, but it's, it's coming, it's coming. I think it's positive. I was really impressed when we were here last year and I couldn't believe when I saw on your shelf fermented products because you had sauerkraut and you had fermented beetroot and all this other stuff and now I saw in the fridge you have kombucha. That's not something you would see anywhere else in Morocco. I think because I'm Polish and I miss that. <laughs> so I asked the farmers, the one that produce and uh, can prepare those 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 productions. I always push them to do do me the fermented products, kombucha. Uh, I love that, and they, really we go with our own <laughs> personal needs. So that's why you find those products. After that, I'm giving to test the fermented products because Moroccans, even they are known that they like a very spicy food, but the sour, it doesn't come true. But I try to explain about the probiotics and everything so it's getting slowly it's not the best sellers but well there are people that have the knowledge and they need those products so yes i am I'm, I'm happy and i'm sorry i have to because i didn't finish you said about our food that we are cooking here it's so special thank you <laughs> but i have to say we don't have any chef it's our cooking and we want to just propose the simplest way not transform just the real vegetables with real oils with some herbs and that's all we do we really go into basic food so you can find the real taste of carrots of real salad avocados and stuff like this with the real oils and that's all we don't do gastronomic plates it's the simplest kitchen that you can have and everyone whatever we serve on our plates the idea is that you can do the same exactly at home that's 
we don't hide any anything. Everything is, in the kitchen is is bought from the shop. So oils, honeys, uh, vinegars, everything comes from the shop. You can do exactly the same. And I hire the girls that are in my kitchen that I teach them, and I don't want them with any experience. I want to teach them to have a good habits. That's why there is no chef, you know, tricks on the food, how you can transform, just the simplicity. That's what's our deal, and I think that's what you love here. That's, that's why it tastes so good. I mean, these days people, it's not just in Morocco, it's everywhere. People forget what real food tastes like. Like, people don't know what real vegetables taste like because we are so used to over-prepare everything, marinate everything in chemicals and spices and e-numbers and, you know, ready-made sauces. And real food is just beautiful. And your food that you serve here is definitely a testimony to that. And I have to say, it does look like a bit of amalgamation between Moroccan and Polish cuisine, and it's just gorgeous. It thank you, beautiful. thank you, thank you, thank you. But um, I go back to the sour uh, tastes because I do understand that sour is not exactly to Moroccan people tastes because there is a lot of sugar going on <laughs> everywhere. Like we just came back from the mountains, and people not just in the mountains but in cities everywhere they're seriously addicted to sugar like the amount of sugar that people put in their tea it's <laughs> honestly like <laughs> it's I, I yeah i have no words like that's incredible you have no words but it goes with the traditions that the, with the heat uh, they used a lot of sugar to protect themselves so but it was the real sugar they used long time ago the real sugar fine right now it's a product chemical products they overuse the sugar and yes unfortunately the taste of Moroccans get extremely sweet they cannot even drink a normal water if they don't put some sugar I know parents that they put sugar because they're like, it's just water it has it's very bad taste so they add sugar to water for the kids everything has to be sweet the orange juice Moroccan orange juice is extremely nice all the tourists they just find but you have to be really careful please don't put sugar in it for Moroccans, it's too acid. I will never understand that. And here, uh, I always uh, have clients, they are coming, uh, is there sugar inside? I'm like, you're crazy, it's another extra work for me to add sugar. <laughs> I'm doing the simplest things. I don't want to have extra work to add extra sugar. So I'm, I'm always playing with them uh, and I'm teaching them. I always force them to try it first. And after that, you say, if it's really for you too, too strong, and they can accept it slowly, even the lemons, finally it goes through. I, I have to say we were in a really, really lovely cafe in Kaspa um, a couple of times in the past two days and they serve fresh juices. But I ordered a juice, I think it was um, lemon, ginger and celery or something. And then I had a carrot juice with celery and when I took a sip I knew straight away there's sugar in it. So I asked for uh, one without sugar and they just looked at me like uh, you're crazy mm. but they served it to me and then they waited for me to take a sip they wanted to see my facial expression mm -hmm. and they couldn't believe that I actually liked it without sugar that, that, that's <laughs> just, they like there's three of them standing around our table waiting for what my face is going yeah. to do after yeah. I take a sip because it's hard for to imagine for them that there can be without sugar you can taste something as long as you drink the tea that is not anymore liquid it's, it's like a cream because of the sugar oh, yes yes it's like this but slowly even in the radio uh, they start to say uh, they are uh, um, transmissions and they said please cut the sugar 
we don't have a quality sugar in Morocco, even green tea, it's not the quality green tea. So they start to inform Moroccans that, yeah, traditions are traditions, but you overuse them now. Yeah. It's bread, everything is sugar here. Yeah, and the truth is that what we saw, even in the mountains, it's really like over-processed sugar, that's those really white sugar cubes, that's not even real sugar. It's, it's such a shame that you're what should be in the mountains everything should be pure and natural and then you see these people using stuff that's cheap and chemically and all wrapped in plastic packaging and they're damaging their own environment it's and they probably aren't even aware of the damage they're doing to themselves and to their surroundings well you are in the country that is really not educated enough mm. that's what's the problem so they survive they get the products from the markets to sell them in the villages they have access to TVs and stuff like this, so see, they see the publicity and they want to have those same products. The chemical products, yes, they are cheap. That's how it goes. And yes, it's hard to find a real Moroccan uh, house with fully production from the house. Even they have the farms, they have the land. It will be, they will buy the bread, even they can do it. They will buy the white bread just from the market. They will get the juices. Unfortunately, it's like this. But maybe it will go back to the right to the right direction well that's why you are here i suppose because apart from having a health food shop and a really beautiful cafe you are doing a little bit of education aren't you first at the shop we organize many conferences to offer always for free uh, we talk about the wellness about the well-being health so we have naturopaths we have uh, spiritual uh, energetic people all kind of ayurveda and we offer those conferences for free so people get can get real information not only from internet because they are lost with information from internet so that's what we do at Ayazo after that we try to gather all the farmers and with the associations and to do work a little bit farther than Ayazo and it works well because since four years it became Ayazo became a platform for those farmers we help them we buy their products uh, we they get higher quality we connect with other farmers so they can really combine two after that is a bigger farm with more products, different, and that works well. And I decided this year to go to schools and talk to kids about food, the real food. What is the response like in schools? Well, it's funny, I'm, I'm not in the local school, it's more, mostly alternative schools, but even there, they are not ready yet. <laughs> so information uh, are a little bit shocking about the meat, about the sugar, uh, about the vegetarianism, that it's completely new for them. Uh, there are some kids that have no clue how you produce milk really and where it comes from, uh, how you prepare meat. Uh, so slowly, slowly, without shocking it, no, maybe sometimes I shock them uh, with <laughs> with information that no one told them. They they try to try work their brains, you know, to make their own decisions. If it's good, it's fine. After that, I know that for for the kids, it's one lesson. But we should educate the parents. That's yeah. that's all over uh, the kids. Yes, they inform parents that they learn something new at school and they want to use it. And they want to change a little bit their habits, but parents have the bad habits and it takes some time to change it and, and, and having a will to change it. What is the reception of the food like? Because I know you were distributing some vegetarian couscous to schools today. What do they... Is it very different from what they normally eat? Or what is the reception of the real food like with the kids? Well, the kids, they love it. 
Uh, you serve them the, the couscous, traditional Moroccan couscous, unfortunately without meat. <laughs> and, but we, do, we give um, a lot of uh, germalized grains, uh, seeds, sorry, uh, with dates, so they have enough proteins in the meal. And the kids, they love it. And they want to have it every week. They, they get their couscous, so it's fun, uh, warm food. And slowly parents are I, I feeling that one day they can cut from the meat. So it's, it's possible. It's possible. That's brilliant. I think what you're doing is incredibly important. Um, and not just in Morocco. I mean, there's, um, there's people who do the same thing in Ireland. And hopefully the world um, will, will come to the terms with the fact that we're just overeating food um, like meats and we're overeating processed foods and that we really need to go back to eating real food. Now tell me, I didn't come across any other, we traveled around Morocco last year and I didn't come across any other health food shops anywhere. Is your shop the only health food shop in all of Morocco? <laughs> no, 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 they are shops uh, in Casablanca, there is another health shop Maybe not the same way because uh, in Marrakesh there is another shop. But we try to give the basic food, meaning I will not have all those pills, extra bio pills, just you can feed yourself and you feel like you did your job. No, we try to teach people how to eat so you have the, 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 the basis, the, the real rice. After that you do your own sauce and you can prepare your own food. That's, that's, and I think this, this is unique. Enough. Your place is absolutely fantastic. I was Thank saying you. before that if we ended up uh, coming to Morocco again or if we ever lived in Morocco, I'd be eating here three times a day. <laughs> yes, we have clients like this. <laughs> All the clients, we became friends. We were just sitting next to our our friend that he's eating here every day and, and healthy, he's fine, sportive. So yes, it works well. Yeah, it works well. You, you can't blame him. <laughs> But um, tell me this, um, we were here on the night that we arrived um, to Morocco, we came here for dinner with um, friends of ours and one thing they noticed immediately and that we talked about last year was the quality of your olive oil. That's something you don't really find very often, even in Ireland. I mean, you can get good quality oil, but the taste is not as strong as the oil we tasted here. And it's absolutely out of this world. It's, you can feel it almost burning your throat because we're not used to it. And in comparison to that, any ordinary oil that you buy, even in health food shops in Ireland, it just tastes like water. What is the secret and what is really good olive oil? What is different about really good olive oil? What is different for us, the, um, there is a special date and a special uh, season for uh, recolting the olives that are ready. They have to be ready. So it's end of November, uh, depends of the, of course, of the position of the farms. And the basic for us is to recolt correctly the olives and they are pressed the same day they are recolted. They which also uh, we don't go to the old presses, traditional presses with the rocks because unfortunately uh, the organic olives will get uh, some some uh, some bad uh, pesticides from the before okay. because they don't clean the traditional uh, traditional. Uh, I don't know how you call it even that yes. in English press, exactly. So we go through the inox, so that it's clean and uh, press very well. And 
the most most important that's why you have all this taste it's pressed the same day when it's recolted so there is no salt added because most of the oils oils even bio oils when they recolt and they have huge quantities they will do the they will put some salt to wait until they finish the recolt and recolt and after that they will go to the press and that's this salt is turning the olive oil a little bit different and takes the the, the this the taste away how much olives do you need for a liter of good quality olive oil? I think we need like right now it depends of the season. If it's dry season you need more olives, but it will be like 16 kilos, 20 kilos of olives for have a nice one liter of olive oil. Wow. I don't think that in the ordinary olive oil that you can buy in shop there's probably not even half of that. No, because they leave they use leaves and everything unfortunately. Uh, well, it's not done properly. After that, you have the mixes of olives, different. Uh, they wait sometimes till the olives become darker and they produce more oil, but it's not strong enough. There is not enough polyphenols because you have to get the olives uh, nice green, but ready. So it takes sometimes just one week difference and you have different taste of olive oil. That sounds like 16 to 20 kilos per liter. That sounds unreal. And it's extremely good. Because, yes, Moroccans are really known for the olive oil. They use a lot. They cook on the olive oil. You shouldn't, but, well, it's known here that everyone is cooking on the olive oil. Uh, but for us, as an organic place, uh, we use this oil for really healing because uh, even in the oldest traditions, when you get sick, you have flu, you have some arteries and stuff like this, you're supposed to take a bath in the olive oil and it will heal you. And that's because of the polyphenol are really extremely high. And that's the best thing for you. Do you, on your farm, do you guys grow olives as well? Yeah, we have 20 hectares of olive oil. Wow. Of olives, yeah. Do you make your own oil? Yeah, the one you tasted, it was from our farm. <laughs> do you sell your oil in the shop? We sell the oil, but right now we are in October, so we don't have the the, the, the last uh, last production. We have everything finished, so now we are going through the bottles from the olives. But at the end of the year, they are getting less and less stronger. That's a natural thing. Okay. When you came here, it was the really fresh olive. It was even the the, the, the oil was a little bit green. It was really fresh. But right now, it's it's the end of the season. We are waiting for the new ones. God, you're gonna have to come back later. Then. <laughs> For sure, for sure. I will Just send. For the oil. I will send you. I will send you. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> now, um, I saw some flyers downstairs. Uh, you guys have yoga lessons here. Yes. Wow. Well, the the, the 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 place where we are right now for forty years was yoga center. Oh. That was my mother-in-law. <laughs> uh, that's why energetically also we are really in the well-being since 40 years so and we still organize yoga classes this time it's kundalini yoga and the groups are coming and it's, it's just fun we have enough space to do it so do you do it regularly uh, we do it once twice a month right now this is fantastic so i suppose it's happening in here you just have to it's happening tables. on the yeah exactly we push the tables and then we have still 100 square meters of uh, space to do yoga classes oh, wow. guys i have to take some pictures and show you what a beautiful place and space this is we're just sitting upstairs i remember last year when we were here this was just being done and now it's all beautiful all the seating spaces and tables and the light here is incredible. It's just this place has such a lovely atmosphere. Like as soon as you walk in, energetically, it's a really nice space. We feel it, and I, I think it's thanks to my mother-in-law that had 40 years the 
studio, a studio of yoga, the real yoga. So imagine 40 years ago in Morocco, there was yoga and she has still clients that are 90 years old that are still coming here, you know, because they were the, they, they just used to get here for so many years. And, and uh, yes, we kept this energy. Now we have some artists, you see the paintings on yeah. the walls. Uh, we expose the paintings, Moroccan paintings, uh, painters and all the tables. It's like kind of gallery that is moving. Uh, and we try to connect everything what's, what's, what's going with the well-being, with the positive thinking. So you have art here, you have yoga lessons, you educate people, you have seminars so people can learn about healthy living and healthy eating. You have a beautiful cafe and you sell really healthy products. How long did it take to get from the very beginning to what the place is now? It seems like a hell of a lot of work. Four years and a half. That's that's uh, the this, the beginning was a little bit different. I have to say, we the, at the beginning we 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 were completely focused on only 100% Moroccan cooperatives and products. Uh, with me, I, I wanted really to help to to work only with the cooperatives, with female cooperatives here in Morocco. Unfortunately, it didn't it didn't go well. Uh, there was problem with deliveries. Uh, still, they were not ready for us. I think. And or we wanted a little bit too too much organized uh, system for for our business, and so we decided to get some products from Europe for the quality products because we saw the clients are asking only for the quality product in the right prices. So we get the, the distributor, and like three years ago, we get three three years uh, three and a half years ago, we decided to have really imported products, and slowly now we are going to get less and less imported products and had the local products. So that's our the aim for the next years. Yeah, I saw downstairs some even body care products that were made in Morocco. Um, and um, you have a lot of fresh food downstairs. Um, the smell of the herbs is just amazing. And I saw you have some aubergines downstairs. I saw cucumbers, a lot of herbs. And I also saw um, locally made cheeses, uh, dairy products. Is it Goats. Yes. <laughs> yes, there is only camembert for the French one. It's a uh, cow product, uh, and otherwise it's only goat cheese. I don't want to have really any any dairy like this in the shop, but still uh, goat cheese I accept. I accept, and the vegetables uh, we get the 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 fridge specially for this um, to keep. Uh, the fresh products, fresh vegetables that are coming th three times a week from the farms. And every Saturday we organize a farmer's market here. So all the upstairs, for where is the yoga uh, during the Sunday? Farmer's market Saturday. So you can get directly from the farmers. We just offer them the space and you can get directly from the farmers the, the products. Mm, the idea is to connect clients directly with the, uh, with the producer and to get all the information because there is no um, certifications here in Morocco. There are some, but not every farmer can afford to have the certification, yes. unfortunately. Some of them are really small farmers. They have the, some salary and they will come with the salary. And so we will not ask them to have the certification. We just know them. Uh, we go through the farms. And that's how we, we really, only the farmers that we know, that we know their farms, how they work, uh, the way they really believe in, in the permaculture. That's how it goes here. So because there is no certification, the client can check, can go. All the farms are open for the, for the clients. So if you don't truly believe, you can go. 
check yourself, go get your food from them. And, and it's there. we created a really nice uh, energy between them because now it became like every Saturday, always it was low low day for us. It became that the place is full, uh, there is amazing energy, the, the, there is fun, you know, and the place is smells so good when at nine o'clock they deliver you all the vegetables you just, you say like, I'm lucky to be here. I, this is such a great way of working and selling, as you said, connecting your customers with the farmers, with the food producers. I think that's what's lacking in, um, in the world because we are so used to buying food that's packaged, that's processed. You lose the connection with the food because you don't really have to prepare it from scratch anymore. And you lose the connection between you, the food, and the person who grew it because people often don't really know how that food happened to be on your table and people forget that somebody had to grow it exactly somebody had to harvest it somebody had to get it to the market somebody had to sell it then somebody else had to buy it people don't realize how much work goes into food and i think the connection between the person who eats the food and the person who grows the food is much needed all over the world so what you're doing is a is absolutely admirable b it's so so important it's very important, and I'm always saying I'm, I'm the bad one, I think, here. <laughs> I always have clients, they, 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 they are used to go to the um, uh, big markets, and they come here sometimes, and they're like, I need one kilo of ca carrots. I'm like, serve yourself. I, I don't want anyone to touch my food, so touch your own food. Yeah. It came directly from the farm. We just put it in the fridge. Now serve yourself. It's your own food. I don't want. So they're like, I'm not used to, you know, normally we are served. I'm like, no, 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 you do your own work, take your own food, <laughs> that's all. And they are starting to, to like this way, you know, of having this direction, directly, you know, uh, energy with the food. Uh, I'm pushing them a little bit sometimes to the limits, but, but slowly it's, 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 it's paying now, paying back because they understand, uh, they start to appreciate, they eat less, the food, uh, some of them, they have no so much money to eat correctly but they say like I want to eat less but I want to eat healthy and that's the idea I always tell them just don't eat too much people are eating over over too much with the ideas that in the TVs yeah eat five meals per day even no one said that you know I get like from Leonardo da Vinci and all those Hippocrates Socrates what they did they were always hungry a little bit to have all those amazing ideas you let your stomach a little bit relax take your time to recover and after that your brains work well and I'm telling them here you know you are what you eat the the most important thing and just eat less we are eating too much too much food a small carrot can give you so much pleasure than a whole cake I don't know and we have amazing clients that believe in us. They go with our ideas, eating less, eating mm, well, and they are getting healthier. There are so many problems away and it works. It works well. I guess that's one of the best things about um, you know doing what you're doing because you actually can see the results when you have a client who starts coming here with different health issues and then you educate them and then slowly and slowly they start to recover. I think that's that's really nice to see the result of your own work. It's amazing because we didn't open this as a commerce, you know, as a business. It's not the idea. If this would be a business, I think we would run it with my husband a little bit different way. We had like a purpose to be here. We felt that and I love to share 
experiences with clients. I'm, I'm, I'm telling my even my personal stories. Uh, I, I, I connect the clients that went through some the same problems. So get to know they went through. They get better. You can ask the questions, and 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 you see the results. And sometimes you have uh, people that are coming. They just give you a hug and I said like finally I slept all night long because you gave me a herbal tea and you told me not to eat that night it was just a simple thing for me it was so obvious but I had a hug with tears and saying thank you I slept all night and yes it makes you feel really needed that you do the right work in the right place tell me one more thing you and your husband run this yourselves it must be really exhausting because you're open now from seven o'clock in the morning to ten o'clock in the evening. How mm -hmm. does that work? Uh, well, we uh, fortunately we get a nice team of young Moroccans and Senegal, <laughs> and they are helping us with the with those hours. Uh, uh, we are here mostly during the, the, the peak hours, and after that we organize their job. And uh, but it's pretty exhausting. I have to say we are seven by seven open, so so you know from Monday till Sunday all the time, and uh, there are two teams. Mm, but yes, it's tiring a little bit. And also because you're working with your husband, so you guys work together, you guys live together. How does that doesn't it get exhausting as well? I mean, <laughs> we did a deal or since the beginning that we are responsible for two different things, and it works well. First, we we said at home we cannot speak anything about the work. That's and it works well since four years. We don't speak otherwise. We send a WhatsApp message meeting at ten o'clock. We will talk about this for half an hour. If I accept, yes, we do it. Otherwise, we don't do it. And we created even our WhatsApp. Uh, so we we use our phone calls, you know, to send them business messages. So I have business husband and husband uh, number, <laughs> and it works. It works well when I don't. I, I sometimes I don't wanna. I, we have still two kids. I don't want he, to respond to him when he has an idea. Well, let, let's do this next thing. It works well for us. I would not say it. And there is a help. So when he sees that I'm tired, sometimes he covers me. Sometimes I let my husband sleep a little bit longer because I'm better. So I'm going back to work. Uh, so between us, it's, it works well. Uh, in the team, sometimes we stay here long hours. And uh, fortunately, I have clients that are energicians. Uh, they are they do the um, magnetism, hypnosis, and I'm using their help. They, we do the, some short seances, you know, to clean up, to give me back the energy. Uh, that's the the exchange that I get from this uh, being this place here. I'm lucky to have those people around me. So, so they give me back the energy. We work some. Sometimes I do the meditations. They let me have 15 minutes nap upstairs. <laughs> That's fun, you know. We, yes, we can do it here, and to keep going, to keep going because there is demand and there is not enough still people working with us with the knowledge we need. That's real community spirit, I have to say. That sounds like real. It's almost like there is not. Um, a clear line between a client and the person who runs the shop. It's almost like you kind of work together as a community to make things. It's exactly like this when there are bad days for everyone. We are just humans. I don't want to make this a, a, a business. Everything has to be perfect. It's impossible. And I try to explain to clients, listen, we can do mistakes. It's not against you, but I don't want to be a robot. Yeah. 
and this is a human thing. My my team can be tired too, and yes, we can have a bad day, and we will tell you that we have a bad day. And this day, we want ask you to understand that. So we are not. We don't want to be arrogant, but we just want to give them a little bit human things that they get really away. You know, they expect that uh, client service. It's extremely good. I'm like, geez. You are here. We are just humans. Okay, you come here in bad mood. I can have bad moods too. So let's get normal relations. And it helps. Yes, sometimes clients are leaving. Yes, it happens. But it means that they were not made for this place. I would say that. Uh, and this community, it's amazing. It's amazing. You can just meet minute after minute, amazing person with a huge knowledge. You just want to sit and you want to share it. You want to talk. It's just the free information that are uh, that are circling around you that's that that's 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 the idea of this place it's beautiful well thank you very much i am um, i am looking forward to coming back another time and seeing what else has happened you are always welcome you are always welcome and uh, i'm so proud you gave me your book as a gift and it goes really with our beliefs with our ideas and uh, I will show to the clients this book stays here <laughs> I have to share it with clients uh, they are you put all the information also inside I, I just check the pages and it's like it's us it's us and so we are we can be everywhere in the world and we really believe in the same issue and it goes the same way so there is no traditions in Morocco and in other countries I think we go the same way just eat healthy know what you eat and you will be all fine and after that we can have all those meetings like we do right now you know Ireland Morocco Prague Poland yeah. in completely different surrounding and I think even the food connects people let's educate the, the world yeah, let's do it <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much Monica. thank you Susanna Monica's right. It really doesn't matter if we're half the world apart. We can connect, get together from anywhere in the world and share our knowledge and wisdom through food. It's so easy nowadays. And talking of food, I was probably still drunk on the beautiful lunch Monica served us before we recorded the podcast that I completely forgot to ask her one of my favorite questions. But bless the technology the internet, smartphones and mobile apps, I contacted Monica a few days ago and asked her about her favorite vegetable. The response did not surprise me at the slightest. Like with so many of my guests, Monica's favorite vegetable changes with seasons. Green peas apparently might be her number one, mainly because of the color, but at the minute it's pumpkin and carrot. And Monica has shared with us a quick and easy recipe for cream of pumpkin soup. Thanks, Monica. This is the perfect recipe for us at the minute because there is a big pumpkin and carrot season here in Ireland too. What you need is a pumpkin, obviously, a few carrots, some coconut oil, a lot of fresh tarragon, pinch of chili pepper, some salt and pepper for seasoning. Monica says to cut the pumpkin with the skin, cut the carrots and cook the vegetables until soft. Then just blend it with all the rest of the ingredients together. And that's it. Be generous with the tarragon is Monica's suggestion. And I can't blame her because I love tarragon myself. And I have to say, thank God it's in season at the minute because I've been craving tarragon pesto for months and months. And I can finally fill my fridge with jars of it and eat it until I have tarragon crawling out my ears, which is going to happen at some stage. 
Talking of tarragon pesto, if you have my book, you can find the recipe in there. Remember, you can find all our recipes shared to date on our public Facebook group, The Sweet Spot on a Farm, where you can download them all as PDFs from the file section. Or you can just find them on our Instagram. Tune in next time for Christmas competition and follow our social media right up to Christmas because I'm trying to get a special Christmas episode organized for you with loads of Christmas cooking tips for our plant-based listeners. And especially for those who are new to plant-based diets and would like to enjoy truly healthy yet truly tasty festive time this year. If you'd like to contribute to the charity we went to Morocco for, go to justgiving.org and find Tupkal 2018, where you can donate to Northern Ireland mental health charity based in Newcastle County Down. Mind your mate and yourself. And if you want to know more about our awareness raising a charity hiking trip to Morocco, find Tupkal 2018 on Facebook. We have loads of pictures and videos up and we will be planning some more events for next year. If you want to buy the Sweet Spot cookbook with plant-based recipes suitable for celiacs and diabetics, you can find it on eBay and Amazon as paperback, or on iBooks in its fully illustrated digital form, or on Kindle in the text form, sadly without the beautiful illustrations by Gemma O'Hagan and without most of the photographs. By purchasing the paperback, you'll contribute one pound to the already mentioned mental health charity. And since it's been two years from the publishing of the book, I will be doing the counting come the new year to pass on the donations from the book sales to the charity. Talking of the new year, if you happen to visit Morocco sometime next year, or actually even this year, and find yourself in Marrakesh, remember to visit ISO and you can say hi to Monica. And also remember to have something to eat there. You will not be disappointed. You'll find ISO Concept Store on Facebook for address and for opening hours. Before I let you go today, I want to remind you about the 20% discount on skinny malinkis called breast juices that Paula so kindly set up for you in episode 18. Go to the Skinny Malinkis website, order some non-sale items and use the code SWEETSPOT20 at the checkout. Sweet spot, all one word and all lowercase and 20 is a number. And that's it, folks. Have a great couple of weeks. Eat real fresh food and stay healthy. Until next time. Bye. As every week, your host is myself, Susanna from The Sweet Spot. Music by Mark J. Adair and artwork by Gemma O'Hagan. Thank you for listening.